Hello and welcome to I'm a Wolf. I'm Erin Olds and I'm happy that you're here with me today. I'm a 6'2 emotional manifester, Taurus, mother, and author, passionate about writing, human design, tarot, and parenting. Pour yourself a cup of tea, snuggle up with your favorite fuzzy blanket, and let's see where the conversation leads us. Thank you for being here. Hello everyone and good morning. Well, it's morning my time, but hi, whatever time you are listening to this. Hello. I'm glad you're here. Today I want to talk about inner child work and some stuff that I have done that has been helpful for me. And I want to introduce you to one of my inner children who has come forward. So this started for me back at the very end of April. I had been having some difficulties with my therapist, which I love her. Let me be really clear about that. She has been absolutely crucial to me figuring out 90% of all of the things, but I just kept feeling like there was work that I needed to be doing on my own. So she and I decided to take a break. So I had been having therapy once a week, every week for the last three years or so, and So it got to the point where Thursday at 2 p.m. rolled around and I was like, oh, I feel like I should be doing something right now. So I have tried to keep that time set aside for my own inner work. And so at the end of April, I was like, well, if I'm not going to be doing really focused therapy and I need to be doing things on my own, what tools do I already have? What things do I already know? Because I have a, I don't know if it's a habit, and I don't really want to call it a bad habit either because it served me so well, but it's really easy for me to look for answers outside myself, and it's a lot harder for me to look for answers inside myself. So I wanted to find answers inside myself though. So I made myself a list of all of the different tools that I already had about healing, and there were things like human design and gene keys and astrocartography and yoga and breathwork, EFT tapping, using the Akashic Records, Kundalini yoga, and a lot of other things. I'm not going to read you the whole list, but there were a lot of things, right? After I wrote them all down, I sat with them for a little while and just tried to feel into which one felt right for the moment, which one felt like it was the next best step. And the one that I landed on was inner child work. And I was like, well, okay, we can try this. Inner child work has kind of become, at least in my experience, a catch-all term for when people want to work on their traumas and the difficulties that are specifically related to childhood. So the first thing that I did, I flipped to a new page in my journal and I decided I was going to name my inner child. I figured if I was going to try to talk to her, she probably needed a name. So there was one particular name that I immediately knew. It was the name that I had wished that I had been called my whole childhood. And I'll tell you this one, but I don't think I'm going to tell you the other names that I found. But so this one, her name is Carista, not Krista, but Carista, K-A-R-I-S-T-A. And that was a name that I, I have distinct memories of telling my family, don't call me Erin. I want to be called Carista. So I just wrote her name down a lot, like I was doodling, like how I would do in elementary school. And I wrote her name in all the different fonts that my body was capable of and everything that I remembered. And I wrote this note. This name feels like someone I haven't spoken to in a long time. 
I feel very disconnected from her. Like, I don't know who she is, but this is definitely the correct name. So I took a break after that one because I didn't feel like I was getting anywhere. And then when I was ready to sit back down and work on it, it was two days later. So on this day, I went through and through a combination of muscle testing and like word association and tarot cards and my runes, I found names for all of the little people who live inside of me. And so what I ended up doing is I wrote down the ages, like I wrote zero through 18 on my paper. And then I went through and I said, okay, what is your name? What is your name? What do you want me to call you? What is your name? Who are you? What name do you like? How should I address you? On and on. So I went through and I found names for all of them, except two that I couldn't think of what they were. And I know this sounds like it was a magical process, but really what it looked like is that I was sitting on the floor in my office with the door closed and I had my notebook in front of me and I had pens and I just said out loud, hey, eight-year-old me, what's your name? And then I waited and if nothing came up, I waited a little bit longer and it, a name would just come into my head. And obviously I had two that where that didn't happen. So the first one was my eight to nine-year-old. So she was the names for eight and nine and I couldn't find it right in my brain as I was sitting there and I'm like well what is your name and it was just blank so I just sat there really quietly and just tried to pay attention to what my brain was telling me and my brain gave me a line from a song and I was like oh uh the song hang on I'll tell you what it was the line was a seasick sort of green so I sat with that for a little bit to see if something else would come up and nothing did so I actually looked the song up read through the lyrics and then it was like something about the lyrics made me go oh, that reminds me of this thing. Oh, that reminds me of this thing. Oh, that reminds me of this thing. And that's how I then found the name. And it ended up being the name of a character in a book that I really loved as an early teen. I'm wanting to say this because sometimes it takes the daisy chaining and sometimes it just shows up right in your hand and both of them are valid. And then for the other one, I could not figure out what my inner six-year-old was named. I couldn't, like the name was just not there and I couldn't even get a sense of who she was. And I don't know if any of you have ever done inner child meditations, but one of my favorite inner child meditations, it's through a program that I purchased or I would just tell you all where to find it. But essentially the idea is that you, you get into your meditative state and then you sit down on a chair in a space that feels really comfortable to you. And for me, it looks like this vacation house that we went to once that we stayed there over like the 4th of July. And it was just such a calm place for me. I really loved it. And it had this big covered porch and I would go out and sit on this covered porch. Like I imagine sitting, they had like a swinging chair on the porch. So I imagine that I go and I sit in that chair and then you imagine there's another chair in front of you and you invite your inner child forward. And then whoever comes forward, you talk with them, you listen to what they have to say, and then you give them what they need, right? And for me anyway, most of my inner child meditative sessions ends with me just hugging my inner child and letting her know that like I see her and she's good enough exactly as she is and that I love her and that I'm here now and that I will do my best to protect her. And sometimes they're really emotional meditations and sometimes they're a little bit more <laughs> just like frank or the inner child will be like, you need to stop doing this thing. And I'll be like, oh, <laughs> thank you for letting me know. But with this particular, with a six-year-old whose name I was trying to find, 
I felt like I was sitting in that chair and waiting and I could like see her peeking around the corner, but she was not interested in coming and sitting by me until I had found her name. And it felt to me really clearly that she didn't trust me. And not that she didn't trust me as Erin as her, but that she saw me as an adult who wanted something from her and she didn't trust that. And she thought pretty clearly the impression that I got was that this feeling of like, oh, if I tell you who I am and if I tell you what I want and what I'm interested in and what I love, then you will make fun of me and you will tell me that what I want is bad. So that was a hard feeling for me to sit with. And at that moment, you know, I'm on, I'm sitting on the floor in my office and I was like, eh, I'm done, <laughs> right? And then I had this really, really clear thought that if you give up now, you will never find her again. I was like, oh, well, no, I really want to know who she is. And what could she have that is so scary to me right now? And this isn't gonna, this story doesn't end in, oh, she told me some horrible secret that I had repressed. It was at that point that I felt like I needed to pull out my runes. So I pulled them out. And for those of you who don't know, runes can be used, they're a divination tool and they have symbols. So mine are stones and they have symbols carved into them. And the rune symbols mean different things, but the runes are also part of an ancient alphabet. So I was like, well, can you at least tell me what your name starts with? Can you tell me how to spell it? So I was pulling the runes out. And the way that I do runes is they, my runes came in this beautiful blue velvet bag. So I just reach in and kind of feel around and they're river rocks. So they make such a pretty sound. Hang on, let me grab them. Right, like, isn't that just the most satisfying sound? So I just reach in here and I just feel around until I find a stone that feels warm or heavier or colder or just different somehow. So I pulled out a bunch of stones that felt hot. They felt buzzy. And so I pull them out and I was looking at them and I was like, I have no clue what name this could be. It took me a little bit of rearranging to figure out, oh, this is the first letter, okay. So that's really clearly yes. Because what it was is I went to move that first one and I felt like that. <laughs> so I put that back. That was the first letter. And so from there, it just, it took a little bit of time and focus. And I just kept imagining this little girl who's hiding from me, right? And saying, hey, I'm, I'm trying to find you. I'm trying to know who you are. I want to know you. I want to know who are you? Tell me, like, give me your name. It took a little bit of time, but then I finally found the name. I ended up having to like, I went online and I was like, what on earth are names that start with these three letters? And again, I, I don't feel comfortable telling. I've told like one person her name and she's still pretty important to me and I'm still getting to know her. So I may eventually come back and tell you what her name is, but not yet. Um, but once I found her name, it was like all of this information, it, it really was like opening a faucet valve where all of a sudden I was flooded with all of these memories and all of these things that I had really loved as a kid. She showed me memories of my first grade teacher and of what I was interested in and of this camp that we did in first grade called Camp Skeeter that was so much fun. And I remembered making the t-shirt and really just 
like loving it and loving all my friends who were there. And then she reminded me of Miss Honey from the Matilda books and Michelle Kwan, who I was obsessed with as a kid, but I have not thought about Michelle Kwan for a long time. And she also showed me honeybees. And then she showed me really, really clearly a bunch of bones. And I was like, bones, huh? (laughs) What a bones. And it wasn't just bones. It was like a skull and rabbit fur. And she wanted me, this was, I hadn't remembered. But when I was about that age, my sister and I used to check out books from the library about witchcraft. And they were a no-no at our house, but we would sneak them out anyway. I, I feel guilty saying this out loud, like I'm gonna get in trouble. So we would, we would get these books from the library and we would sneak check them out. We would stack them inside of the other books and we'd go home and go to our basement bedroom and read them together and just learn about spells and magic and things like that. And it was mostly for fun, but there was also this sense of this idea that we could be powerful and especially where we didn't feel we had very much power as children and doubly we didn't have much power because we were girls. Those books were a way for us to feel to feel like we had some sort of an influence over our lives. Once I remembered that and she showed me the bones, she showed me skulls specifically, I was like, I know exactly what it is that you want. You want to learn all about osteomancy, which is witchcraft that is specific to bones. So since then, I have been diving into osteomancy. I have purchased two fox skulls off of Etsy, and she was very particular that we were getting the fox skulls. I have a little handful of fox femur bones and some porcupine quills and a rabbit fur. And I can't explain how it feels to have those things in my possession because they're just things, right? They're just objects, but they feel like I am gathering in pieces of myself. They feel like I am making room in me for the things that I thought were a problem, that I'm making space inside of myself for this little girl to come and be who she wanted to be, but who she was afraid to be. And there's some really beautiful magic in that. And then on top of that, she gave me a book idea, which was cool. So I'm actually working to outline that right now. I think it's going to be a good one. So if you have been waiting to do your own inner child work, maybe now's the time. And if there's something in you that you feel embarrassed to acknowledge, maybe it's time for you to go buy some fox skulls too. Thanks for spending some time with me today, and thank you for doing the work on yourself that makes this world a better place. It's important work. It's hard work, but it matters, you know? It really does. All right, we'll talk later, okay? Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today to this episode of I'm a Wolf. If I triggered you, I'm not sorry. If I made you laugh, I'm glad. If you feel like you need to go have a hard conversation with someone, I'm sending you all the courage to do so. Remember that learning to love yourself is the hardest and most important work you will ever do. Remember that even when you feel alone, you're not. And remember, above all, that I believe in you. You can do hard things. You do them every day. We'll see you next time on I'm a Wolf.